Welcome to Let It Grow Investing. I'm Jeff. Thank you for stopping by. Let's talk about stocks, crypto, market news, investing ideas, and strategies. I'm not a financial advisor, and this is only for entertainment purposes. Please make sure to like, follow, and share so that we can all grow together. Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing for episode number 63. We've got uh, even more news going on out there today with uh, some different changes going on over there in Russia and Ukraine. We've got some some more gas uh, oil prices going up. And we've also got some new China fears that we need to address and ultimately figure out what we're going to do with some of these uh, Chinese stocks and that exposure that we have. Uh, so thank you guys for joining in. Um, as always, I definitely appreciate you stopping by and taking some time out of your day to, to visit here. But uh, so what do we got? We've got um, uh, that VIX keeps uh, the, the volatility index. We keep seeing that spike up. And uh, ultimately, that shows us how much fear is out there. Uh, generally speaking, when we see that VIX get above 30, people are very fearful. Um, and when it's over 35, it's, uh, it's pretty much run for the hills. We, uh, we did break 35 uh, a few days ago. Now we are sitting around 29.50 on that index, which uh, ultimately is a little less fearful with some of the Ukraine-Russia talks uh, kind of getting eh, somewhat smoother for, for the time being. Uh, again, don't think we're out of the woods yet. And even if the, the war ended tomorrow and everyone says, hey, you know, uh, things are peaceful now, I I still think that we're going to have repercussions from this uh, conflict for for some time. You know, it's never just, you know, we put down the the weapons and the, the tanks are put back and uh, everything's peaceful now. There's always going to be that figuring out what is next. So I think that volatility is going to be there. Uh, ultimately, that gives us a lot of swings in the market. And, uh, you know, but. Also, we, we really haven't seen any new highs. We've uh, been kind of trading in a downward trend across all the major uh, indexes. And, you know, we've even hit some recession levels in uh, a couple of the indexes. We're bouncing around in and out of uh, bear market territory in those indexes. So we're, we're certainly watching. But uh, I did want to point out that that 35 level is a, a super fearful level. And uh, oftentimes that can lead to a further uh, sell-off in stocks. But uh, at the same time, also want to point out that the stock market is the only thing that people run from when things are on sale. You know, if uh, if we saw a Tesla that was $100,000 and, you know, they cut the price down to, to $50,000, people would be buying them left and right. Uh, and even if Tesla is not your thing, pick something else. You know, if, if the price was cut in half on, uh, you know, your regular consumer goods, people would stock up. So we have to really look at to what the bottom is in some of these prices and ultimately where do we want to start looking to pick them up? We've, uh, we've definitely seen major crashes in, uh, the small cap names and a lot of the names that are exposed to, to Russia and to China. Um, we've definitely seen those prices come way down, but that, that grow or risk off, uh, has definitely hurt the growth stocks. We've definitely seen that. And, uh, ultimately, you know, I, I think if, uh, if you want some exposure in those names, uh, the U S based plays might do really well. 
that don't have as much exposure outside of the country. I'm thinking, again, in smaller banks, smaller uh, insurance or food plays, or even some tech companies. You know, there's a lot of those different names out there that have gotten just crushed here lately that, uh, you know, we might want to start, you know, eyeing up some of these companies to continue to buy through this downturn. And uh, ultimately, that's the, the long term approach that I have. And hopefully, you can share in that vision as to what I'm looking to do and the uh, the way that I'm looking to build a portfolio for the long term. You know, this is not a uh, not a sprint. It's certainly a marathon. We're going to have these downturns. We're going to have these uh, dips, recessions in problems that are going to arise. You know, just in the past couple of years, um, well, one, I, I wanted to point out uh, this is possibly the, the, the second biggest dip in, uh, in a lot of different names since 2020. Uh, I think we'd have to look back to 2008-9 to really see uh, numbers fall like this. But uh, personally, if, if someone asked me, what's worse, this, uh, this sell-off right now that we're going through or 2020? Um, I mean, what do you think? I personally think that 2020 was a, a much worse time uh, from the standpoint that we did not have any answers. There was no cure. There was no talking our way out of it. Uh, you know, no peace talks, nothing like that. It was purely just everyone was fearful. And at that time, in uh, the end of March, I did a lot of buying at the end of March when things looked brutal. Uh, that was one of the first times uh, that my portfolio had dipped down into the red since I had started it. Granted, you know, when you start your your plus minus plus minus, but now at this point, I had uh, a good amount of green under my belt and all of that had evaporated. Uh, so I had made the call myself to go ahead and purchase. And uh, a lot of those have done well. Uh, some of them didn't do as great. And uh, some of them, you know, were oil plays that have turned around and now they look fantastic where at the time they just kind of traded sideways for a bit. Yes, they came back, but not to the level that they're at now. Uh, so ultimately, I think that um, comparing the two, I think that this is not as severe. Uh, it's not a worldwide, everyone's affected, every corner of the earth is, uh, you know, in the crosshairs. I think this is a I won't say such a localized event, but it's certainly smaller than a pandemic, a once in 100 years type uh, problem. You know, we've had a lot of different wars and uh, conflicts in the in my investing time alone. And uh, I think we kind of have that. We're, we're used to that. We have that muscle memory of what's going on and what it's going to happen going forward. Yes, you know, we, we kind of figured that oil was going to go up because they're an oil producer. We kind of figured there's going to be tensions. We thought that, you know, China might be on their side. Uh, China might be watching, the, you know, what the world's response is to Russia, Ukraine, to see if they're going to invade into Taiwan and try to take uh, Taiwan. Uh, you know, so now we're kind of seeing that maybe China isn't thinking that. And ultimately, I think that's a, that's a very good thing. And uh, hopefully that, you know, the Ukraine-Russia thing can get solved soon. And like I said, it's going to have lingering effects, just like the coronavirus did. You know, we saw coronavirus when it started, it, you know, the market went down 30 some percent, I'll say, and ultimately, you know, rebounded right off of that. 
Uh, I don't know that we're going to get such the rebound that we're doing right now, but uh, there's always a fear. There's always a problem that the market gets gets thrown at. Uh, you know, when we look just in the recent few months here, we've had, uh, you know, inflation fears. We've had China fears with the Evergrande problem and all the real estate uh, problems that they were having. We've had interest rates. We've had Russia. We've had, you know, China going into Taiwan. We've had a lot of different things going on that have really, and now oil, you know, we've had the oil prices now on the rise. So there's a lot of fears and a lot of the things that are making this volatility index really spike. Um, but, you know, when we do see those numbers spike, you know, the the common theme, the the Buffett, you know, line of, of choice is, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Now that everyone's fearful, uh, I definitely think there is a, uh, you know, a time to do some more buying. I've, I've always had that idea in my head where, uh, you know, when 07, 08 happened, I always thought, man, if I could go back, I would have, I would have bought everything because it was, it was brilliant. You know, the people that bought then, you know, really cashed in on a lot of uh, dip buying. And now I feel like it's the same situation. Do I want to rush to buy in? No, I personally don't. I'm going to dollar cost average into my positions. But uh, when I feel like we're at that low that we're not going to get any lower, uh, you know how I started the episode, I said, we keep trending lower. We keep trending lower. When you buy the dip and it keeps on dipping, that's what we've been having. Uh, but when I feel like we're going to start making some of those uh, those lows in the market overall, and that's going to be the spot where we start getting that turnaround, that's when I really want to start doing some buying. Uh, like I said, I'll continue to dollar cost average in, but I don't want to miss out on these opportunities that I think can do uh, great numbers going forward and really create that wealth and that financial freedom that we're looking for. Uh, now, speaking of financial freedom, when we are looking at that, what does that really mean? You know, everyone wants uh, a large enough portfolio to to be able to retire. Uh, for me, I really want that financial freedom that uh, my investments, my assets are going to outweigh the amount of money that I have coming in every month is going to outweigh the money that I have to spend every month. Uh, so now this, this number is going to be different for everyone. It's all going to depend on your uh, the way you live, the cost of how you live, uh, basically your monthly expenditures. If you you got a lot of money going out, obviously you need more uh, investments coming in on a monthly basis. Uh, so that is the number where I believe that you're going to find that financial freedom is where you don't have to work, that your investments are going to cover all of your bills. Uh, and that's really where I'm trying to get to. I'm not quite there yet, but uh, you know, a couple more years. Uh, some more wise moves when the market does the dips and we buy some of them and we can get uh, a larger dividend or return on capital or yield on invested capital. We can certainly up those numbers sooner than later. Um, but like I said, you've got to play the right right moves at the right times and uh, ultimately try to get those stocks that aren't going to have such exposure uh, to other areas where we really don't want them right now. And uh, mainly I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, you know, Russia and uh, China. Those two are, are definitely scary right now, especially with the uh, the delisting that is going on uh, from the White House on uh, a lot of different Chinese stocks that ultimately are some of the bad actors that haven't really rightly reported all of their numbers. Uh, but it also 
has some different fears out there for all the Chinese stocks. Uh, I'm looking at Alibaba, Baidu, uh, Neo. They're all they're all definitely getting hurt in this uh, this noise or news, however you want to look at it, of the uh, Chinese stocks being de delisted, possibly around 2024. Right now is what I've been hearing. Uh, so a lot of different fears, a lot of different stocks that are getting sold off. But that doesn't always mean that they're a buy. You know, the the Chinese ones, you definitely have to to look at the risk out there and see if it's worth the reward. Uh, in the the way of Alibaba, Baidu, Neo, uh, I definitely think that they are great companies poised to do great things. It's just really going to matter as to uh, our involvement and if we're going to be able to own them, if they're able going to be able to be investable in the U.S. Uh and I guess time will tell, but we've got two years to figure that out if they're ultimately going to be delisted or not, uh, which is going to make it really tough to make any money with them if they're not going to be around. Uh, ultimately, people are going to sell them off until that time should come. But uh, hopefully we can uh, get some clarity on that sooner than later, and we'll ultimately have a, a better idea of how to handle that situation. But for right now, uh, I am not personally looking to add to any of these positions, even though that they are in that buy territory. You know, the upside on them is enormous, according to the analysts and where these companies should be. You know, Alibaba is trading well below its uh, PE of where its counterparts are, uh, you know, currently at a 24. And when you look at like Amazon, which a lot of people always compare those to. Uh, Amazon's at a 45, so it's about 20 points lower. And uh, speaking of Amazon, they're going to have a stock split going uh, forward. And currently, they're right around 29.50. So that one is still intriguing to me, even at a 45 times PE. Uh, this one still says, when you're looking at the analysts, 42.6% uh, upside. So it's definitely a lot of room for this one to run. Uh, I think when we get that 20 to 1 split, there's going to certainly be a lot more buyers. And uh, similar to Google, I, I think a lot more people are going to run to buy this one when they can actually own full shares. Uh, just a psychological thing where people want to own more shares than uh, 0.2 or you know whatever. If you got to do fractional shares, or even if you're doing full shares and you want 10,000, you you still only got three shares, which uh, kind of limits some flexibility on uh, trading options or even you know buy sell in order to kind of swing trade these names. But uh, that's what I got on that. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about, uh, well, the week 11 investing challenge, as well as the week 12 going forward, some different names that I think might be able to do well and really uh, turn around some of the, the downward trend that they've been in. So stick around and we'll, we'll be right back for that. All right, guys, we are back. So um, as always, I've got the links in the, in the description for, uh, for you to get started. If you are looking to build up a uh, position in either crypto or the stock market, uh, there are, uh, links to get, either get started at Webull, where I think they're doing another new giveaway where you can spin the wheel to see what stock you get, something like that. Um, and again, that's where we're doing our investing challenge and, uh, if you are going to sign up, please go ahead and use my link. We both get a little bit of a benefit of um, some free shares of stock that they are giving out currently. And um, then over on the crypto platform, you get some free crypto if you sign up using my link as well. 
So please go ahead and do that if you are getting started. And uh, that's what I got for you guys on that. And um, now we were looking at some different stocks for week 11. Uh, we were looking at some gambling stocks when we were talking about is uh, the stock market similar to gambling. Uh, and then I said in a lot of ways, uh, on the smaller side, on penny stocks or speculative plays, sometimes it is more of a gamble. But when you are uh, really investing into some long uh, positions with names that you really know and love in the you know blue chips, dividend names, things like that, or even growth names uh, in the way of tech and things that you ultimately really believe in, you've really done your research, uh, I really believe that it is not gambling. Uh, that's my opinion. Now, if you got something different, feel free to uh, to let me know. But uh, that being said, uh, we will be adding $200 to the portfolio of MGM Resorts International. Uh, so we will be buying that $200 worth and we will be continuing to dollar cost average into this market. Uh, there's been some talk of should we be adding into some of these names that we've already purchased? Uh, I definitely like that idea. So if, if you like that idea, please let me know uh, in the comments or on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook. And uh, yeah, man, we are. I'm looking at the Weeble portfolio. It is a lot of red. That's uh, not too much fun. But uh, the only only green spot we have at the moment is one that not many people wanted to really take a look at that week. And it is the uh, the Riot pick that we uh, made on week 10 for Iron Mountain. That one is up 3%. And then we've got some small losers in QQQ. Ethereum, they're down about a percent. Uh, Walgreens also down about a percent. Microsoft, less than a percent. And then we've got some big losers in the way of uh, from bad to worse. We've got NVIDIA, Ford, Shopify. Uh, the, the losers of the group, they are down 25 to 40%. And now I did say that, uh, in my own brokerage, I was buying Nvidia heavily at these prices. I hadn't had a position and now it is quickly becoming a tier three position for me, uh, where it is going to be a smaller position, but still a very sizable one for my portfolio, uh, Ford. Oh man, Ford, uh, you know, this is one that I never really wanted to buy. I thought you guys were going to pick Tesla. You kind of kind of let me down. That's okay. Ford is uh, is definitely, we, we bought it at the peak. We, uh, we bought it as all the hype of the lightning truck was out there. And, you know, I think we bought it. We bought it at $23.65. It's currently $16.10. We're down uh, about 32% on it. But uh, that being said, um, I probably would add a little bit to Ford. Uh, I think they've had a lot of that fear baked in at this point. And, uh, sometimes when we see more bad news come out and the stock price, just not drop, that's when it's about time to buy. Also, when more bad news just doesn't, doesn't really matter. If you really got a long-term timeline on some of these names, that's sometimes a great time to buy when it just won't go down anymore. Uh, and ultimately, then when you get a good piece of news, you're going to see it rally. You're going to see big movements going up. So uh, when I look at Ford, I'm looking at the analyst research here. Uh, currently about 
2.5% of upside when I'm looking at this one. So that one is definitely getting interesting. And then Shopify, um, I definitely like the position, and but we are down brutally on that one. We had bought at 9.33, and I remember it ran up the Friday before. I think it ran up something like $100, and it was just one of them ones that I wish we would have bought a week earlier. But uh, ultimately, when I put out the vote, it decided to run up, and we added it, and then it just tanked. So now it's currently at 5.58. Oh, boy. That one is uh, definitely a, a dark spot on the portfolio. But uh, when I'm looking over at uh, E-Trade, I got Webull and E-Trade pulled up. And just multi-screen action here. When I'm looking at E-Trade, we are at uh, a 77% of upside potential right now. They're still saying the target is going to be an average of 988. Um, so now if this were one that I'm holding in my portfolio, uh, in my brokerage, I would definitely be adding to this one. Uh, a lot of these names, I don't do the deep dive that I do on a lot of the names that I'm adding to my brokerage. Uh, when I'm throwing out five a week, it gets a little hard to you know, really do full due diligence and, and know what their outlook is looking like in the, every which way they make money. Uh, sometimes we're just picking names that are uh, sometimes best of breed or really attractive for one reason or another. Uh, and this one had a very good run in 2020 with uh, everyone kind of going digital more so than what we already were. Uh, that one made it on there in that ARC week where we were looking at different ARC uh, invest stocks. And ultimately, ARC invest has pretty much done the same thing as Shopify. It just keeps on going down. Uh, but at some point, like I said, when there's no more down to give and more bad news ultimately doesn't hurt them, you know, we might want to start looking at those names at that point. Uh, so if you're really long on Shopify and you really think a lot of small businesses or side hustles are going to use this platform to build out their website uh, and do their uh, basic, basically make their business operational, it might be something that uh, fits you or fits your portfolio. Uh, but overall, when I'm looking at the Weeble, uh, our overall portfolio is down 11%. Uh, for $237 down. So basically, we uh, one of those weeks, we we basically put that 200 bucks in and right now it's gone. But uh, that being said, I do think we're going to get some turnaround when uh, some different things start really opening up and we get some clarity and supply chain. And if we can get a lot of different things moving, there's, there's so much bad news out there that any bit of uh, good news, uh, I think, is going to really... Uh, rocket the market a good bit higher. So that's where I'm at. And for that reason, I will continue to dollar cost average. Uh, so for week 12, we've got some different picks. And uh, these are ones that um, they kind of struck me as small uh, cap plays. And I know small caps uh, are certainly among the group that have been beat down the most. So ultimately, uh, you know, a little bit of good news can really get these guys to rally well above what the Dow or even NASDAQ names are going to do. Uh, so we are looking at five different names this week and, um, one, two, which way do we want to go here? I've got six of them and now I got to cut one. Um, do we want food or do we want a marijuana play? Uh, we kind of got that there. Let's go with, uh, 
let's go with that one. Um, so we are going to have uh, Volta, which is a charging company. They have uh, definitely come around to our market where at uh, grocery stores or shopping centers, they are doing advertising on their charging stations uh, with screens and all that are telling you the time or whatever ad that they are playing. You're basically charging for free. There's a two hour limit. And uh, this one has been beaten down as well with the other growth stocks. Um, so for that reason, I, I think that a lot of people are going to be going the, the charging route here soon. Uh, like I said last time, I think a lot of people, if charging or EVs weren't on your mind, uh, four, five, six dollar gas or diesel is, you know, could really sway you into going with an EV. So currently at four dollars and thirty eight cents, average price target of eleven fifty. So we've got one hundred and sixty two and a half percent of upside on this. That ticker is VLTA. Uh, so that's Volta. Number two is going to be the Honest Company, which they are going to be doing. Uh, they're bigger in Target now. And, uh, you know, you got uh, different uh, diapers and home goods, cleaning products, uh, things like that. I, f I forget the celebrity that is um, the, the headline, the front runner of the company. But yeah, clean lifestyle brand. Uh, they design and sell environmentally sustainable products. So, um, yeah, like I said, a lot of different products that people are going to be using regardless of what the market does. And uh, again, a small cap, uh, market cap of $495 million and uh, currently trading at $5.29. With uh, upside, we are uh, currently about an 80% upside price target of $9.50. So Volta, Honest, then we are going to go over to Corsair Gaming. Uh, and they are going to be making a lot of the different uh, gaming devices that uh, really are going to help that uh, iGaming and different uh, gamers really play and be more uh, uh, top tier, I'll say. And they're, they're looking for that iGaming space as well. Uh, a lot of the peripheral devices, keyboards, mice, headsets, controllers, uh, streaming gear, cards, a, a bunch of different stuff that gamers are going to use. And I still think that is a kind of untapped industry when we're looking at that iGaming type space. And uh, so for that reason, and the fact that they're going to possibly be brought into the S&P 600, that small cap index, I do think that could be a positive catalyst for Corsair Gaming. Uh, currently at $19.16. And uh, we've got an average price target of $29.67. So that is 54.8% uh, of upside. And then we are going to take a look at uh, Planet 13, which is going to be another small cap. And uh, currently there are no analysts on this one. And uh, it's been one that I have been in for a while. It has kind of been rough to own. It is at a 52-week low. They do have stores in Vegas. I believe they have one in uh, California, which is in more of an industrial area. And then they're looking to build in Texas and I believe Florida. I'm not 100% certain on me on that one. So, uh, but yeah, that's a basically a, a store, a retail store that is going to have a little bit of everything for that uh, marijuana space. And uh, ultimately, I do think with legalization going on around the country, they have a lot of different uh, places to expand and grow. 
Uh, so ultimately, that one could do really well. And like I said, no analyst updates on this one right now. Uh, but I definitely think that growth rate is going to uh, con continue to rally higher. And uh, especially with more legalization around the country. Uh, and then for number five, uh, this one is just going to be a simple way to get into the uh, the Russell 2000. That's small cap index. And that is going to be IWM. It's iShares uh, small cap ETF. So when we're looking at that one, there are going to be a bunch of different names in this portfolio. Um, currently, it does have a, about a 1% uh, dividend also attached with it. And uh, one thing I do like about this one, it is 98.8% uh, United States and 99% North America. So we don't have a lot of that Chinese exposure. We don't have a lot of uh, Russian exposure. It is very heavily in the North America uh, market. There are a lot of names in here. Some of them I'm not even sure how to say. Oventive, AMC, uh, Entertainment, Tenet, Healthcare, Synaptics, uh, Make Computer Devices, BJ's Wholesale Club, Tetra Tech, uh, PFG, which is Performance Food Group. Uh, even Macy's is in here. So Chesapeake Energy. So you get a, a mixture and lattice semiconductor. Uh, one thing I will say about this ETF that is going to be different from things like QQQ or other things we've added into, um, the percent of assets in any one name is very low. Uh, so even Oventive is their, their highest position and it is at 0.4% uh, of their net assets. So of these 10 names I just rattled off, that only makes up 3.34% of the uh, overall portfolio. So a bunch of small cap names. So if one of them were to fail, you probably won't even notice it. They just keep kind of bringing in uh, the best small cap companies that are in this Russell 2000 index. So very uh, broad market, small cap growth names. And uh, where some of those other ones are, like I said, Apple was 11 or 12% in one of those portfolios or in Art K, Tesla's, you know, 10, 11%, even after they sold off uh, millions or billions of dollars worth of shares. So ultimately, very, very wide range of what's in there. And it's just small cap names that ultimately should uh, should do uh, better for us in the way that I think a lot of them have really gone down too far. But uh, that's kind of my thesis with a lot of these small cap names, and uh, especially the ones that are very much focused in uh, the North American market. I do think that those should come back sooner than ones that have a lot more exposure elsewhere. So again, we've got uh, Volta, the charging company, Honest, the uh, sustainable home care company. We've got Corsair Gaming, the uh, peripheral gaming company, uh, which... I guess I should be giving you the tickers. VLTA for Volta, HNST for Honest, CRSR for Corsair. Uh, then we've got Planet 13, which is PLNHF, uh, the retail marijuana play. Uh, think big box store for marijuana. And then we've got uh, number five is IWM, the Russell 2000 small cap ETF, which gives you a ton of uh, different companies for, um, you know, all that small cap area and get you really into that small cap growth space. So that's what we've got for you today. Make sure you go on to the uh, Let It Grow Investing page 
and uh, get your votes in. We need these votes. Uh, really want to drive the uh, the number of people that are voting on these so we can get a good uh, mix of really who's voting and uh, ultimately try to make the uh, the best choices for the group and for the portfolio for the year so that we can turn this negative 11 uh, percent down. We can turn that around and close out the year on, on a green note. That would be much, uh, much appreciated. So go over there and get your uh, votes in and, uh, you know, leave a comment and uh, ultimately try to interact with someone else. If you, if you see a, a topic that looks like something that you're interested in, but that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, get out there, uh, get invested and let's let it grow. I'll uh, catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.